0: Well, hello everybody. Today we're here with Pastor Ryan Whitson and we are in the midst of a series here at New Hope Church on the Beatitudes and Sunday mornings and dinner devotionals. And so we're gonna take a look at the series, at what it means to um, study and understand and apply the Beatitudes. Uh, Ryan, great to have you here today and uh, great to be able to talk about this really important uh, topic and so first thing that we want to talk about is what is a beatitude? It's not a word that we necessarily use in everyday language. How would you describe the word beatitude? Yeah.
1: Hey, thanks Tom. Thanks for including me today and the chance to be here with you on this, this podcast and thanks too for those of you who are listening, uh, wherever you may be in your car or at home, uh, during this interesting time, the coronavirus and, uh, and, and yeah, Tom, as you've mentioned, and if you're a part of New Hope and call New Hope home, you know that uh, a new sermon series called "He Is Greater Than Me" has started, and and we're doing that. We're looking at these these different beatitudes in the first part of Matthew chapter five, and uh, really trying to talk about the life that God is calling us to live as followers of Jesus. What does that look like? And and uh, one of the markers of that, and we're going to get into all kinds. of, I think some great things today on this podcast is is what you mentioned as a as a beatitude. And uh, beatitude comes from that first word that is mentioned, uh, starting in Matthew chapter five verse three, uh, where it says, "Blessed are those who mourn." Matthew chapter five verse four, blessed uh, excuse me, blessed are the poor in spirit. Is Matthew chapter five verse three? The next verse, blessed are those who mourn. Anyhow, that word blessed is where we get the word beatitude. And it describes and talks about an attitude, good way to remember it, right? A beatitude and an yeah. attitude. It's an attitude, a posture, a perspective that uh, as followers of Jesus, we need to adopt into our life and strive to live out.
0: So in other words, beatitude is just another word for blessed. Uh, I think it actually comes from a Latin root. And so we use it and we speak it but a lot of times we don't think about that connection
1: to this word blessed. Absolutely. You know, when you're reading the, the Bible, the New Testament specifically, blessed, blessed actually has two definitions. And um, uh, blessed sometimes means to congratulate. That's the idea. Uh, uh, but other times it means happy. And, and that's the case here. And so Thomas, that's exactly right. It's it's the idea of happy and and as we've been talking about, at least last week as we introduced this new sermon series, it doesn't mean happy like, uh, I'm really happy with this great cup of coffee I got to enjoy this morning. Well, Although we are happy with that. I am happy with that, but that's <laughs> that's not blessed necessarily. That's not what we're talking about, right? We're, we're talking about so much more, something more significant, something that is bigger and more important.
0: Yeah, when I was over in India... One of the pastors was there in the classroom, and he would ask them, are you happy? And they'd say yes. Then he'd say a little louder, are you happy? A little louder. Then third time, are you happy? And louder. And I thought, well, that's a little goofy. But uh, it is good. It does express some of what we're talking about. And I think, like you say, the problem with the word happy is like the word hot dog uh, or like the word uh, love we use it to describe, I love my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I <swear> with that. <laughs> I love my hot dog, I love my mom. Um, and we use it for all different kinds of uh, things. And so, um, so the, the word happy we use in lots of different ways too. We use it for a ride on a roller coaster, a cup of coffee, and now it's here in the, in the text. And so other synonyms might be um, contented, joyful, just important that we understand that it goes beyond the surface level. We're not describing the happiness
1: that the world talks about when they use the word happy. I think so, because happy is is so elusive, and it's so tied to time. And what I mean by that is it comes and goes so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. That it's emotional temporary. response. Yeah. Happy, I got a great parking spot in front of Costco, because that never happens. But right. I'm happy about it, and but then I've forgotten about it two minutes later, and I move on, and I search for my next happy. But, that this is, when Jesus is talking about blessed, he's talking about this fulfilled sense of happy and contentment. He's inviting us into something so much deeper. So, talking about deeper, in fact, that word blessed
0: is used of God. And I have a few verses, starting with the Old Testament, that, that describe the Lord as blessed. For example, Psalm 68, 35 says... Blessed be God. Psalm 72, 18, blessed be the Lord God. Psalm 119, verse 12 says, Blessed are you, O Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11 in the New Testament the, describes God as the blessed God. And then 1 Timothy 6, 15 also uses this word of Jesus. It says, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed and the only ruler, King of kings and Lord of lords. So in other words, blessed is a character quality of god himself and now he says it's a character quality that we're to have Um, john piper talks about this when he talks about our um, he talks he uses the wording uh, christian hedonism that is that our greatest pleasure our greatest joy is found in relationship with god i think that's a part of what we're talking about here in the context of the beatitude
1: yeah, that's, and that Christian hedonism term is, is interesting, isn't it, from John Piper? Hedonism, if that term is not familiar to you, what that means is it, it's a worldview and a pursuit that says, what is the best way to live is to maximize my happiness and to minimize my pain. And Christian hedonism is that then that idea that it's God's job to help fulfill that in my life, like he's some kind of cosmic vending machine, and so as a result... And we do this all the time. We say, you know, if uh, if a person is wealthy or successful, or <clears throat> just everything's going right for them, we say, Oh, they're so blessed. Well, re- really? And, and is that what God is actually talking about here? That the, the details of our life would be favorable, that the circumstances of our life would all be in our, our favor and be good for us. But I think he's talking about something significantly more important than that. Yeah, so that
0: brings up a question that I was thinking about. What about the person that says, "Well, I read this, I follow Jesus, but I sure don't feel blessed. I've got money problems, I got relationship problems, or I'm just really struggling." I don't see how this describes me. Yeah. What, what do you do
1: with that? Absolutely, because and, and I think you know, as we continue to work through these beatitudes, what we're going to find out is that Jesus' definition and description of blessed isn't really even tied to the circumstances of our life. And it's not. I mean, consider, uh, for example, this coming Sunday, May 3rd, we're going to be taking on this beatitude. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What? Like, that doesn't make any sense on the surface. I mean, Jesus, essentially, it seems like he's saying, happy are the sad, happy are those who are mourning and grieving, well, obviously, something has happened in a person's life that would lead them to a place of this deep mourning and grieving. The details of their lives, the circumstances of their life are not good, and yet Jesus calls that person blessed. See, what we're getting at is that the blessing is not found in the circumstances of my life. It's actually found in the relationship with him. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper. It, it, it's so much more significant. And this is important because what this means then is no matter what you're facing in life, you could be in a season where things are going really well. You could be in a season right now, which is probably a lot of us with the coronavirus happening right now, where things are not going well. Things are scary. Fear and anxiety or job loss or, or whatnot. That no matter what the circumstances of your life, You can still experience the blessed life that Jesus has called us to it's still available And we can enjoy that no matter what we face
0: So here's a question somebody who doesn't follow christ doesn't claim christ as savior can they be blessed?
1: yeah well, I mean I love your thoughts on this too tom, but I, I I think I think no and here's why I say that because if if the definition for blessing that you have is that things are favorable in your life, your 401k is full, your car has gas in it, you know, whatever the case may be, the things of life could go well for a person who's a believer and not a believer. And again, I know our vernacular; that's how we describe. Life.
0: I think I think that's the issue is
1: yeah. that lots of people say, yeah, "Yeah,
0: I'm really blessed." They put on a smile mm-hmm. and yeah, we'd say, "Wow, everything." looks on the outside like it's going well for them and maybe they even feel like it is on the inside no doubt
1: yeah no doubt yeah exactly but that's not really what we're talking about I think when it comes to the Beatitudes for example and so because this the Sermon on the Mount which is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 and the Beatitudes are part of that message from Jesus it's a message to the church it's a message to followers of Christ and so it's something that's only available to a person who is in relationship with Jesus. It's a calling to a kingdom lifestyle that is only available if you're a part of the kingdom. Yes. And so, uh, again, it's just we have to keep scratching below the surface to almost rethink about how we identify what a blessed person looks like and what this actually
0: means. Yeah, some words may describe it or it's a paradox um, it's the upside-down kingdom. It's not the way we normally think of being blessed, but but it is. It's the greatest blessing, the greatest happiness and joy that we could have. Here's an old-time quote by a pastor named Thomas Watson. He said, Things of this world will no more keep out trouble of spirit than a piece of paper will stop a bullet. And then uh, he says, um, worldly delights are winged. He says, they may be compared to a flock of birds in a garden that stay a little while, but when you come near them, they take their flight. And so the idea is that the circumstances of our lives, the situations of our lives come and go, but a relationship with Christ lasts. And the differences between external things that make us outwardly happy versus the relationship with Jesus that fulfills our soul now and eternally. And that's really the way we understand and live and experience the blessed life. So putting this in the context of scripture as a whole, Ryan, we were talking about this a little bit. Um, We know that in the beginning, after the fall, that Adam and Eve came out of the garden and that there was a curse that it says came upon the earth. And at the end of Malachi, it talks about the fact that, well, let me just turn over to Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, the last verse in the Old Testament. It says, He, that is God, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. So the Old Testament ends, it begins and ends with this aspect of the curse that has come up on the earth. But now Jesus comes and he preaches and he brings a blessing. And that contrast between the curse and the blessed life, um, any thoughts on that and that? difference and that contrast that we see and understand in scripture. Absolutely.
1: And that's a great observation, Tommy, to to pull together Old and New Testament. I think really the key is when you talk about blessing and curse, uh it's the, it's actually the, the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God and, and recognizing that that present reality in this world, whether we see it or not or acknowledge it or not, is there exists fully present two kingdoms. It a little bit reminds me of uh, Narnia from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and you had the land of Narnia and you had present two kingdoms and they couldn't be more different, right? The kingdom of mm-hmm. Oslin and yeah. the kingdom of the White Witch, if I remember right, and and everything was different about them. I mean, the way they related, uh, what, one was cold and dark and cruel and the other was light and friendly and life and two different cultures, two different values, two completely different ways of thinking about the world and living life. That's our reality today, that we live in a time where God's kingdom is fully active and fully present in this world, and there is a kingdom of darkness that is active, that is is, is present. And so th- those kingdoms compete. And of course, for us on an individual level, it competes for our heart, doesn't it? It competes for our allegiance. The cursing that you talked about is an attribute of the kingdom of darkness, and the blessing that Jesus brings and what he's talking about. And even the Sermon on the Mount and these Beatitudes, this is really a message on how to live in God's kingdom, how to live kingdom values in a world that doesn't embrace kingdom values. Our world is increasingly anti-sub or post-Christian, however you want to describe it. I mean, we are, from my perspective at least, rapidly moving away from, from Belief in God, embrace of truth and and beauty and all things that are good in this world. And that's causing a consequence. And we see it. I see it. I, I see it everywhere. I see it in ethics. I see it in culture. I see it in politics. I see it in media. And so we have this competing values, one marked by cursing, one marked by blessing. And it's really an invisible kingdom. And so
0: sometimes we get the idea of kingdom as a place, but it's a relationship, a relationship with the king. Even using the analogy going back to Narnia, and Narnia, this world that for a while was ruled by this white witch. And as the kids go back in there, they experience all sorts of troubles and chaos. but. Gradually, what we see is the rise of the king of Aslan and his triumph um, over death and bringing life. And then it says toward the end of the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, everything begins to change. Um, everything turns green. And there is this joy, this blessed life that C.S. Lewis pictures for us and really helps us to emotionally respond to. And so... Jesus uh, speaks of the blessed life, Um, and when we use the blessed life, we're talking about in this series, the Beatitudes, and we're in for an adventure of understanding a little bit more each week of what that means, how these different character qualities of being poor in spirit, um, all the way to even being persecuted, and how that eventually brings blessing in our life. As we kind of close up here Ryan, any other thoughts and things to look forward to as we continue in this series and as we respond to what Jesus says to
1: us in uh, Matthew 5? Yeah, I, I think I think in, in this podcast that hopefully helped people and done a good job of laying it out that the two kingdoms fully present. Here's the challenge. The challenge is how do we and anybody who's listening who are followers of Jesus live out kingdom values? in a setting that is anti that kingdom? How do we live as followers of Jesus in a culture that doesn't embrace those same values? On a real practical level, that impacts us in the workplace, it impacts us in school, it impacts us in every facet of our life of of how how, how do I read something like the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and understand what Jesus is saying but then have the courage and, and and the willingness to step out and to say i'm going to live i'm choosing to live different than the ways of the world yeah i
0: think the kinds of questions that immediately hit us the temptations we have are to ask questions like is it worth it does it matter um, why don't i just go along with the crowd and live the way
1: that everybody else is living. Does it really matter? It's a whole lot easier to, to just go along, right? And and if there's a mindset that says, well, if I do this, Jesus, what are you gonna do for me? If that's the mindset, this quid pro quo faith kind of a thing, that person to be in trouble because God's ways are not our ways. Yes. And he doesn't operate by our rules that we set up for him. And so it truly comes to a place where we say, I am going to die to self to live for you. I am going to make the decision, like John three thirty, of uh, uh, he will become greater, I will become less. Luke 9, I will take up my cross and follow you. These discipleship verses that are there and we look at them and we say, oh, I mean, yes, I believe it, yes, I see it, but actually living it out? I mean, I, 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 I'm in process with that. We're all in process oh, with that. Definitely, all of us, every day. How do I do that? And am I willing to do that every day to wake up and say, today I'm going to live with a posture that you're greater than me. I'm going to stop being me focused. I want to be God focused. And I'm going to deny myself to say yes to him. That's, yeah. that's the core issue, right? And that's what our focus is during yeah. this season. Amen. I think,
0: uh, like you implied earlier, we got to get away from the vending machine view of God. We throw up a prayer and out pops an answer to prayer and then that's the blessed life. No, we're in relationship with the living God and this is a dynamic and real relationship we have and a real life that we live and we're in it together as a spiritual community encouraging one another, praying for one another in it together with God as God walks with us through those deep times that we have, times of stress and crisis and difficulties and trials, and he tells us, he promises, he will not leave us or forsake us, and we go forth in that promise. And that's what it means to be blessed, what it means to live in God's kingdom, serving him as the king. Thanks,
1: Ryan. Hey, thank you, Tom. And, And thanks, too, for those watching or watching, you're listening on the podcast. Appreciate you taking time.
0: Yes. Thanks, everybody.